It's time. We are not called to be nice. Sandy Rios, welcome, Sandy. Thanks for being here. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in D.C. is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. And you still like me or you or you don't like me, James? Are you okay? You're all right. <laughs> I'm a musician. I can't help it. Uh, longtime Fox News contributor Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. We have, I think it's four to one youth in America wants gay marriage. Our kids are the product of public schools. No wonder they poll the way they do. It's time to stand up or we're going to lose everything we have. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. This isn't a game. This is real life. Cindy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. Some things are worth fighting for. Good Morning America is brought to you by Pfizer. CBS Health Watch sponsored by Pfizer. Anderson Cooper 360. Brought to you by Pfizer. ABC News Nightline. Brought to you by Pfizer. Making a difference. Brought to you by Pfizer. CNN Tonight. Brought to you by Pfizer. Early start. Brought to you by Pfizer. Friday night on Aaron Burnett out front. Brought to you by Pfizer. This week with George Stephanopoulos is brought to you by Pfizer. This weather report brought to you by Pfizer. Today's countdown to the royal wedding is brought to you by Pfizer. And now a CBS Sports update brought to you by Pfizer. Meet the press. Data download. Brought to you by Pfizer. This portion of CBS This Morning sponsored by Pfizer. On how to find the hidden sugars in the American family diet. Sponsored by Pfizer. Okay, Sandy Rios with you this morning. Some of you have been asking me, uh, you know, been suggesting we should follow the money on vaccines. <laughs> I think we have actually kind of done that, but I thought that that montage uh, that was produced by Grabian was terrific this morning because you can see that Pfizer has invested itself well in media companies that are pushing for the vaccine, that are calling uh, ivermectin, which is an effective treatment, uh, Pulitzer Prize nominee, Nobel Prize winning drug that's been like a miracle drug, criticizing that, carrying the water, making you think that you must get vaccinated. And now the coup d'etat. The coup d'etat is that yesterday the White House has unveiled a plan to vaccinate 28 million kids ages 5 to 11. And guess which vaccine has been approved to do this? Why, it's Pfizer. Do you think anybody stands to gain any money by vaccinating our 28 million children ages 5 to 11? That's the next battlefront. And of those of you who are struggling right now with losing your jobs because you're not getting vaccinated or you're, you're in this dilemma and you don't know what to do, uh, the next horizon, the next place is your children. If you, you know, you're going to have to fight for yourselves and then you're going to have to fight for your children. Uh, they are relentless. Uh, it's a it's a money making machine, and worse. I think it's worse. I think it's worse. I think that the population controllers amongst us have had a lot to say about this, and I'm deeply concerned. And the more I read, the more concerned I am. So the White House has unveiled this plan, uh, and the, let's see what do they say. Millions of adolescents ages 12 through 17 have been safely vaccinated, and we know vaccines work. We know, says the House, that vaccines work. Well, wait a second. This is not funny, but I'm making it sound like I think it's funny. I'm going to say soberly, didn't Colin Powell just die fully vaccinated from COVID complications? And so how can the White House say two days later, 
We know vaccines work. Really? Really? You know that? Really? Is that why they're rushing to get out the boosters? Really? They work, right? Uh, it's a, in this pandemic recently was one of the unvaccinated. Oh, not so much. Wait a second. Israel is almost 100% vaccinated, and they had a complete meltdown over the COVID Delta variant with lots of people getting sick and dying, and they were fully vaccinated. So wait a second. But the White House knows that the vaccine works. They know it doesn't. That's why they want you to give it to your children. And it's been cleared. The FDA has cleared the Pfizer vaccine for children as young as 12 in May. So, you know, it's they're ready to go. They're thinking ahead. They're only thinking of you, of course. Uh, some House Republicans have sent a letter. Why isn't, all, why isn't it all House Republicans? I'm just wondering. Why aren't there Democrats who care about their children? I'm just wondering who serve in the House. Uh, but we have uh, uh, the, the Arkansas delegation led by Bruce Westerman. I sent a letter to the U.S. Secretary of Education, Miguel Cardona, expressing their opposition to a federal vaccine mandate for public school students. Okay, so they're doing something. I'm glad. I'm grateful for that. Uh, so um, now in, in terms of the military, a little bit of an update. Over 12,000 Air Force personnel are poised not to meet that COVID-19 vaccine mandate. 12,000 active duty Air Force personnel. And that's about 3.8% of the workforce uh, remains unvaccinated as of October the 18th. Could be because they got that memo about pilots having these terrible reactions to the vaccine. I'm not saying every pilot, but I'm saying lots of stories about this, lots of reports, enough that people are that are paying attention are concerned about it. But then there's an article this morning that says the Pentagon has no plans to suspend the COVID-19 vaccine mandate. Uh, Secretary Austin remains convinced that our vaccination regimen, which has helped us achieve a fully vaccinated rate of nearly 85% in the active component and more than 66% across the active guard and reserve components, is in fact one of the surest ways to bolster our readiness for the challenges we face around the world. I have to tell you, if I get to it this morning, we've got lots of email, and I have people saying otherwise. They're experiencing problems with the vaccination. And if my sampling of people that, uh, you know, this is not scientific, but if I'm hearing from enough people and phone calls from enough, pe enough people saying that they're seeing adverse and experiencing adverse reactions, that's enough to say, wait a second, not yet. This is still in the experimental stage. No, not yet. No, not yet. Wait, wait. This is a little too soon. I'm, I'm not crazy about being experimented on or my children for that matter. So, um, they want you to believe, of course, they always say in these uh, um, corporate entities and also in the military, uh, they want you to believe that everybody else is doing it. What's the matter with you? Everyone else is doing it. But I don't think that's true. They're certainly having success at coercing a lot of people, but I think you'd be surprised at how many people are concerned. Meanwhile, don't worry. Uh, the federal vaccine mandate is going to apply to the Justice Department contractors, visitors to its buildings, and of course all the federal um, outlets. But one group that won't have to be vaccinated is illegal immigrants showing up for their deportation, deportation case hearings. Uh, they are deemed an exception to President Biden's mandates because they are seeking a public benefit or service. So maybe we all should just uh, give up our citizenship and be illegal and then we wouldn't have to be vaccinated. Maybe that's the maybe that's the ticket. 
Maybe those of you in the military just need to give up your citizenship because they are, you know, using illegal immigrants in our military. So I don't, you know, I'm being facetious. Of course, I'm being facetious. COVID-19, by the way, is plummeting uh, all around the country. Hospitalizations are at their lowest since July 25th. Uh, and in Florida especially, uh, the uh, COVID is plummeting. Let's see if I can give you a number here. Uh, the Sunshine State's rate of hospitalizations has plummeted 75% from its mid-August high. That's when the Delta variant kind of ravaged uh, through Florida and a lot of the southern states. Uh, but, of course, uh, they started the monoclonal anti antibodies, and uh, somehow it's been nipped in the bud, as they should say. And that's not a happy thing uh, for people who hate Ron DeSantis and the fact that he's kept the state of Florida open uh, for much for a long time. It's just uh, amazing that people would be happy about that. I um, I want you to hear, this is actually, you know, you may not know this, and you should, because this is a very important day uh, that the State Department wants you to know about. And it is um, today, today, according to the State Department, is International Pronouns Day. That's what they tweeted. They say, today on International Pronouns Day, we share why many people list pronouns on their email and social media profiles. Read more here on Share America. And then they send an article, which I printed out, but I didn't really read because I thought that is kind of a waste of time. But the State Department thinks it's very important. Uh, they weren't so concerned about Afghanistan and getting Americans out, but they are concerned that people use the proper pronouns. So that's what your government under Joe Biden is doing. Meanwhile, uh, Ted Cruz has introduced a bill which I think is makes a lot of sense. Uh, we are no, we're finding out now that the Biden administration is uh, doing a lot of nighttime flights, sending illegal immigrants all over the country in the dead of night, two, three, four o'clock in the morning, and they're arriving. I'm not sure what happens after they arrive, but you know, you might wake up this morning and find out you've got, you know. Um, I don't know, a truckload of illegal immigrants who don't speak English and are dependent now on you to take care of them. So Ted Cruz has introduced a bill, and this is what it says. Let's see if I can read the wording here. Uh, it's legislation that would alleviate overcrowded border crossings in Texas by sending undocumented migrants to Martha's Vineyard, Nantucket, Cambridge, and other largely Democratic areas. The bill, not expected to make any progress, would create new ports of entry to the United States in places like North Hero, Vermont, where Bernie Sanders spends his summers, Cruz said, or Martha's Vineyard, where Democratic elites host their cocktail parties. Okay, so um, that's what Ted Cruz is talking about. Good point. Point well made. You can always count on Senator Cruz to make a funny point with something kind of profound. Um, let's see. Oh, okay, so this is some more interesting news. Um, President Trump, we talked, you know, about social media and what's happening with it uh, just a few days ago with Dan Gaynor. And I had asked, you know, what was happening to these other social media outlets and why why was it taking so long for something to, to hit and be effective and not have technical problems? And I asked about the Trump network. And so I guess President Trump was listening because he's announced yesterday that uh, he is his truth social. It's a social media network that aims to, quote, stand up to the tyranny of big tech. Uh, he says it's an app which will begin a beta launch for invited guests on November of 2021. It's expected to make its full debut within the first quarter of 2022. 
and is part of the newly established Trump Media and Technology Group. Uh, so, and, and President Trump, in his own words, says, I created Truth Social and TMTG to stand up to the tyranny of big tech. We live in a world where the Taliban has a huge presence on Twitter, yet your favorite American president has been silenced. This is unacceptable. I agree with him. And so we'll be looking for that, Truth Social, won't we? Well, I hope, you know, don't you just hope he knocks it out of the ballpark? I do. Um, in Virginia, we've talked about Fairfax County so much, and you need to know that Fairfax County is now messing with the election process. It's my understanding that they are uh, not, they are mm, waiving requirements uh, on people who are voting absentee to enter information like, a, I think it's the last four digits of the social, in other words, to verify their identity. So Fairfax County, where all the trouble is, and where you know they're probably kind of worried about this governor's race, they're kind of changing the rules. And so our good friend Jay Christian Adams uh, is letting putting them on notice that that will not do. It's a lawsuit, and it says we write election rules. And, well, no, no, that, that's not what the suit said. Christian says we write election rules in advance so everybody knows what they are and everybody thinks it's fair. He's filed this lawsuit. Uh, the Virginia election law says voters must include the last four digits of their social security numbers when filling out absentee ballot applications. And uh, they're trying to waive that in Fairfax, and Christian is saying, not so fast. Uh, then I also want to mention that Christian has just written a very long article, good one, uh, with the Gatestone Institute called Get Smart About What Really Happened in the 2020 Election. And we'll put that on our Facebook page uh, so that you can read what Christian writes. Uh, he, I'm proud of him. Boy, he's really doing a lot of great things around the country right now. So um, it's get smart about what really happened in the 2020 election. Meanwhile, the re- Democrats are trying to pass, you know, the Freedom to Vote Act. And it's another iteration of that horrific H.R. 1 that they've been trying to pass, which would completely uh, hand federal control of our elections to them. Wouldn't that be nice if Joe Biden and the White House and the Democratic Congress under Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer could control federal elections? That's what they want to do. But the Republicans have so far managed to filibuster their efforts. Uh, So we'll see what happens. Okay, so there you go. That's a rundown of what's happened overnight. I'll be back right after this. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. All for the sake of the gospel. Hey, it's Michael Woolworth with Bible League International, and let me tell you about Jaime. He's an itinerant pastor in Ecuador in Latin America. He'll travel days by foot, boat, and mule. He's been beaten by warlocks. He's been robbed of everything in his possession, and he suffered broken bones after falling 60 feet in the Andes Mountains. Now, what awaits him at the end of each trip? It's a thriving congregation of more than 100 believers where Christianity is fiercely opposed. And when I share Jaime's story and how he serves for the sake of the gospel, I recall Isaiah. Whom shall I send? Who will go? And I believe this man is admirably answering that call and enduring more than most pastors ever will. And like others in the world where Bibles are desperately needed, Jaime is humbly asking us to send God's Word. Bible League invites you to send a Bible for only $5 every gift match regardless of size. Call 800-YES-WORD, 800-Y-E-S-W-O-R-D, or click sendbiblesnow.org. That's sendbiblesnow.org. This is Pause to Pray, a chance to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. 
Today, we pray for Taryn Williams, Assistant Secretary of Labor for Disability Employment Policy. She advises the Secretary of Labor on how policies and programs impact the employment of people with disabilities. Galatians 6.2 reminds us of the importance of helping others. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask for guidance for Taryn Williams as she works to better the lives of those with disabilities. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team, a nonprofit, nonpartisan ministry dedicated to encouraging prayer for our nation's leaders. To learn more, go to pausetopray.org. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Stearns. Stand by for news and commentary next. Are you looking for a university that provides a quality Christian education with excellent academic and athletic programs? Well, I want to invite you to visit Liberty University, where they offer multiple visiting opportunities to fit your schedule. Plan a visit to their Central Virginia campus and stay for an afternoon, a day, or an entire weekend. You can also take a virtual tour from the comfort of your own home. Plan your visit today by texting "Go Visit" to the number 49596. Again, that's "Go Visit" to the number 49596. Police officers and first responders in some of the nation's largest cities have either resigned or been fired. All refused to get the China virus vaccine. Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot accused officers of engaging in an insurrection. In Seattle, dozens of firefighters left their boots on the steps of City Hall. Hundreds are expected to lose their jobs. According to the most recent data provided by the FBI, violent crime is surging across the nation. Murders up by 30%. This is what happens when lawmakers declare a war on cops, when they defund police departments and refuse to provide the services necessary to serve and to protect. But the reality in modern-day woke America is that Democrats say the biggest threat to our nation is not a bad guy with a gun. It's an unvaccinated police officer. America is talking about my daily podcast, now more than 1 million subscribers. You can download today at ToddStarns.com. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. Just in my inbox, I want to share... um in Ohio, Cleveland Clinic, and also in Colorado, you've heard the stories about people trying to get transplants. I think both of those cases were kidneys, but just in organ transplants in general, I, I'm going to do a, a longer show on this soon, but they've been denied. People who were supposed to get transplants and were imminently going to get them, people that are dying, were denied those because uh, either they or the people that were donating didn't have had not been vaccinated. It is just nonsense. And it is deadly. It shows you in living color how degenerated the medical profession has become. Uh, But this is the good news. Texas has just said we are welcoming patients that need organ transplants. So if any of you are in that situation or you know of someone who is, Texas says forget Ohio, forget Colorado. If you need an organ, come to us and we will help you. Okay, so you can find that. That'll be in the news today, I'm sure. Meanwhile, in another area of uh, of you know of the, of our culture, the entertainment industry, Travis Tritt, Tritt, country western star, has been on the stage for for decades. Uh, made an announcement earlier in the week about how he will no longer do concerts uh, where there are uh, vaccine mandates, where there are protocols, and he explained it uh, in an interview this week. Let's listen. We've done about seventy-five shows so far this year 
all over the country, Tucker. And uh, in spite of the fact that some people would try to label these as being quote unquote super spreaders, the actual uh, numbers don't reflect that at all. As a matter of yes. fact, quite the opposite. In most of these areas, we've seen the uh, COVID numbers actually drop dramatically over the last few weeks and months. And so it came as quite a, a shock to me and, and a lot of my fans when after the first week of October, during the first week of October, uh, a lot of these shows had restrictions placed on them, not by the state, not by the local city government, not by the local health department, municipalities, but by the actual promoters slash venue owners. Yes. Uh, and there was nothing that justified it. And so I, I started getting a ton of messages from fans who were basically not warned about these, these mandates or restrictions ahead of time, showed up at the gate uh, and were turned away and uh, were not even offered refunds. They were offered credits to an upcoming show that had to be used within the next 12 months or else they lose their money for tickets. And it was just heartbreaking to me. These, these people have been shut out from getting a chance to go see concerts for uh, over a year, and they're finally getting a chance to do that again, and now they're being turned away for, for some unexplained reason. So this is, not about, this is not about following the science or trying to look out for the safety of uh, of, of the people there, this is about something else. This is trying to divide people. That's right. This is trying to shame people. This is trying to basically discriminate against people that um, they don't feel are uh, clean enough to be a part of, of enjoying a concert like that. Okay, Travis Tripp, boy, they took a lot of courage. And that's what it's going to take. Listen, I know that this is probably a great example of why we have to stand and fight initially. We, when we allow someone, something to take root, like the COVID restrictions, like the control of our lives, it doesn't stop with that inconvenient thing of social distancing or wearing a mask it doesn't stop with that. Once we knew that wearing a mask was really worthless, we know that Dr. Fauci told us it was worthless way back, and then uh, then he changed his mind and doubled down. We know the science, the so-called science, did not back that. We knew that the social distancing uh, of six feet was an arbitrary amount that had no scientific basis. When we complied with that and were afraid and we didn't go to church and we shut down, we welcomed more restrictions. And, and I'm saying that not to make any of you, I'm not trying to place a guilt trip. I'm trying to say, let's fix that, okay? Because for sure, if we don't push back now, you can't probably even comprehend what it's going to be like to lose all of your freedoms. You've tasted it a little bit, but you have no idea. You have no idea. And uh, I could do a whole segment on that, but I'm going to stop because I want to I want to read your email. I've gotten some great stuff from you guys. And so uh, bear with me because um, 
I want to read as much of this as I can because this is this is your voice uh, to the rest of the listeners and also certainly to me. This is from um, a doctor, and I'm not going to give um, her name. I think it's a I think it's a female doctor uh, because I don't want her to get in trouble. She didn't ask me not to say it, but I'm not going to. She said, um, um, <clears throat> "Your position on this virus and the vaccine is accurate. That vaccine is dangerous, and stats are now indicating that." More people are dying from being vaxxed than those who come down with the infection. The stats continue to be the same, that there is a survival rate of 99% and greater for those who come down with the virus. Do not change your position on the dangers of this vaccine in Christ's service, and this is the doctor. Okay, so I just wanted to share that with you. This is from um, another listener, I honestly don't think I'm going to give her name either. I just don't want to get any of our medical people who are pushing back uh, any unnecessary grief. But she says, my husband is a pediatrician, and I have worked the billing for his clinic uh, most of the 18 years he's been in business. I've tried to mentally sort out all the talk of this virus, but now I'm trying to rely on personal knowledge and experience about the decisions we've made for our family. And she said, the virus is real. Uh, But my personal experience is I had the vaccination along with my husband and two adult daughters, one that was pregnant at the time of her vaccination, two son-in-laws, two with type 1 diabetes, and one with rheumatoid arthritis. And that she mentions that because those are high-risk persons. She said three of us have tested positive for the virus. Uh, We abided by the quarantine rules and were tired, extra tired a few days and a few of the other symptoms very mildly. Then she said, we have a personal relationship with the Department of Health director. I recently visited him, and he was shocked to find that we had tested positive with the vaccination, especially that my daughter's one-month-old baby tested positive. Honestly, that encounter has shook me. How does an infectious disease physician, head of our state's COVID Department of Health task force, not, how can he not be aware of this type of statistic? And, uh, you know, you're right. Um, I, I, this is the part I'm finding. I'm finding a lot of people saying to me that my doctor says this, uh, you know, Iver, fill in the blank. Ivermectin does not treat. It's a horse medication. It's not allowed. Uh, that uh, I must be vaccinated because it's effective and it'll keep me from dying and getting more sick. Uh, I think that doctors and medical personnel are just like other people. They are influenced by their surroundings. And certainly in the medical field, if you're going to go counter to the CDC and the NIH, they are the gold standard. There's a lot at stake for them. And I think in some cases, they just don't want to know. It's like uh, stick their head in the sand and follow the party line because they they do not want to be controversial and they don't want to take this on. And the result is, Result is the result. The result is death and disease and uh, vaccine injury because they're not willing to actually look at the information. Uh, there's certainly enough of it out there. Now, I want to read to you. This is from another, uh, well, she put her name on Facebook, so I'll just say her first name, Shelly. She said, my husband has been an orthopedic surgeon in Houston for 18 years. Memorial Hermann is mandating the shot for all. Now he must scramble around to find surgery centers and other places to perform surgery. Patients will suffer as they are forced to go to hospitals where their insurance is accepted. 
He routinely has to cancel surgeries because the hospital tests them for COVID with faulty, inaccurate PCR tests. Patients are forced to cancel their surgery if they test positive, even though they have no symptoms, have antibodies, and or have had the shot. It is insane. Shelly, that's true. That happened to my husband with the last surgery that he had about a month ago, six weeks maybe now. Uh, we had to cancel the surgery last minute uh, because they made him get another P. He had one. T- he had a, a COVID test, two COVID tests on the same day. One, he came back positive, and the, and the other, he came back negative. But they canceled the surgery. So, yeah, we know all about that. And I'm so sorry about your husband's situation. Terrible, terrible. I wish you guys, uh, there could be a whole, that out of this, a whole new medical community could spring up. I wish some big, deep-pocketed, conservative, honest person could uh, fund a new entity, a new way of treating people, an honest way, you know, not constrained by all of these corrupted forces like the FDA and the CDC. I wish that could happen. Anyway, uh, Jessica says, please, please, please don't stop talking about ivermectin. Your, Your friends and family need to hear. They got the jab and think they're safe, and we know different. And then Ricky says, my sister's 75. She cannot get a kidney because she won't get the shot. Ricky, I hope you heard me say that Texas is saying, come to us. We will help you with these uh, with the needs for organs. So I hope that you can do that. This is uh, from Joey. He says, my son is a Marine and had to take the first shot yesterday. Congress has failed him. The DOD has coerced him. If he is harmed from this, you can bet we will seek to sue anyone we can. It won't change the damage done, but someone needs to be held accountable. This is from Jelaine. Um, I have listened to your program and trusted your news for a long time. I have to say, as a healthcare worker, you are doing harm by some of the things you are saying. You just said doctors are putting COVID patients on ventilators and letting them die. Not where I live. I work in a local health department and see the positive case roster, talk to the people, hear the stories, mourn with them when they lose family. Please consider what you're saying and how it can turn good, caring people from your show by downing their hard work to save COVID patients and stop the spread. And uh, she says, I know everything the government says is not true and so political, but the death is real. Jelaine, I appreciate that. Uh, I appreciate that pushback because sometimes I say I make broad sweeping statements. And I did say that uh, I should say, I, I guess I, I think I'm inferring, but I need to be clearer that absolutely there are doctors that are not doing that one. One of them was the doctor that treated my husband. Uh, he did listen, and he did give my husband ivermectin, and he was very concerned about my husband. So there, I know firsthand, personally, that there are medical people who are really doing their very best, nurses and emergency room personnel. We met so many of them, so I know that that's true. Um, I was, I'm trying, I guess I'm making a hard statement because I find that, I think the greater problem, you may not agree with me, is that people are still trusting. If it's a doctor, I trust them. If it's a nurse, my my mother, the nurse, my sister, the nurse says this. And I just uh, think that we're we're in a different reality where that really doesn't mean what it used to mean. And uh, so, um, Anyway, I'm sorry if I offended you, but uh, we do have to balance it, and so I'm trying to do that. All right, this is from Becky. Our son-in-law's in the Navy, and though he did not want to take the shot, he took the first one last week as he was told he would be dishonorably discharged. He already had the virus last month, still suffers from lingering breathing issues. As of last week, he was set to lose health care benefits for his family and would lose the college tuition help he was depending on. Now that he's taken the shot, 
He feels completely exhausted, totally without energy. He is the sole breadwinner for for his family of four. This is all so wrong. Heart-wrenching to see what's happening to our men and women who have fought for us. And then someone goes on on Facebook to just remind us of this famous quote, all that's necessary for evil to triumph is for good men to say nothing. And that's a quote by Edmund Burke, as I recall. Then Pam is writing to say, I didn't know this, that um, in Arkansas, the cumulus station K-A-R-N in Arkansas has fired Doc Washburn, uh, who was the host that followed Dan Bongino's show because he would not get the vaccine. So remember, we've been asking you to contact uh, Cumulus because they carry so many conservative hosts. They make a ton of money. That's their bread and butter. And they need to know that people uh, are not okay with this. Dan Bongino's fighting them right now. He's put his, his whole career on the line for them. And uh, Adam, why don't we put, put, repost uh, a way that you can contact Cumulus on our Facebook page today so that you can do that and defend your favorite hosts that are uh, on the platform of Cumulus. And uh, Dan is kind of taking leadership there. He's the one that took Russia's place, and he's refusing. He's just saying, it's, if you don't drop that mandate, I'm gone. And that's, that's huge because Dan has little kids too uh, and a family. And um, what courage. That's a good man doing something, right? Uh, Adam, hold the break by five minutes, if you would. I want to continue with this. This is something different, okay? This is from a listener named Zulma. And Zulma says, um, um, I don't really know what show he's referring to or she's referring to, but it has to do with immigration. And uh, evidently, uh, Zulma heard someone or me say that aliens are taking Americans' jobs. So uh, hold the break, please, by five minutes. Adam, hold the break, please. These are jobs uh, Americans don't want. Uh, As a daycare owner, I've been struggling to be able to hire teachers. Aliens cannot apply for those jobs because they must have Social Security number and driver's licenses. I need to run background checks on them, and guess what? The lazy Americans are not applying because the government is taking care of them. So these aliens are taking the jobs that lazy Americans don't want. Um, I want to respond to this because, um, Zulma, I um, I think there's some merit in what Zulma is saying. Now, listen to me. I We are in a, uh, we certainly are surrounded by a lot of immigrants where I live who are doing a lot of really hard work, whether it's yard work or construction or whatever. They're working really hard, and we, we get to know, Bruce and I really like to get to know the people that uh, that are around us regardless. And this is a theme that I've heard not from, when we get to know them, when we have conversations as friends, they do see Americans as extremely lazy. And I actually think that there's a lot of truth to that. Uh, I find that too. We can't, you know what, these stores can't even stay open. They can't find anyone to work. Uh, People would rather not work. They're getting used to the handouts. And I think it's a, I think it is a, um, an accurate, statement. Now, I would say to you, Zulma, you know that's not true. I hope you know that's not true of all Americans. For heaven's sake, some of us work really hard. And um, I think of my my own family. We very strong work ethic. Otherwise, America would never have become the nation that it was. And there are still a lot of people that will just work circles, Americans who will work circles around Europeans, around Central Americans, South Americans, because we understand that uh, we we just have that work ethic. So that's not true of everyone. I hope you know that. 
but I think it's a justified criticism, and I think it's time just that we examine, you know, have we lost our ability to work? Uh, have you lost your ability to do, you know, are you too good to do menial tasks? I think that that's true of a lot of people. I think feminism has really done a number on women's uh, attitudes toward hard work in the home. And uh, so just a caution, work is honorable. All work is honorable. And not working is not honorable. All right, so uh, let me move on. This is um, from a pharmacist named Dan. Uh, yesterday, there was a story that I didn't actually get a chance to tell you, but there was a Marine who needed ivermectin to save his life. He couldn't get it from a pharmacist. He went through, uh, he couldn't get it from a doctor. And so he went through a lot to probably finally find a doctor who would prescribe ivermectin. When he took it to the pharmacist at Walmart, the pharmacist at Walmart refused to fill it. And so now the Marine uh, is suing the Walmart and the pharmacist. So that's a story on the table. And I don't, I think Dan is responding to this. Dan is a pharmacist. He says, I love your show. I am a pharmacist, at least for now. We must have the professional right to refuse to fill prescriptions. Otherwise, we are forced to dispense hormone blockers to people, including children, or worse, abortion-inducing medications. Plus, a time could soon be here for euthanasia. Yeah, right. It's already happening, Dan, isn't it? Doctors are assisting people in killing themselves already in this country. He says, by the way, I oppose the COVID vaccine. Technically, the definition of vaccine was changed, surprise, surprise, so they can call it a vaccine. I'm in favor of hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin and monoclonal antibodies. Um, And so uh, he just wants to point out that there are other reasons why you don't want to force a pharmacist to fill just any prescription. I never thought of that, Dan. And I'm going to pass this on uh, because I think it's a very it's a valid point needs to be thought about. All right, this is from um, Jerry, who is in an expert uh, of some sort in a, a donor blood donor donorship. Um, I had a friend who brought some of this to my attention. I never said it on the air. Uh, see, he says the blood is tested for about ten viruses and bacteria, including hepatitis, and he lists all those. But now they've stopped testing for COVID antibodies. And someone told me that recently. He said, I donate on a regular basis, and my donor center was testing uh, for COVID antibodies early, but now they have stopped. Um, So the question is why? And I, I honestly think, Jerry, you don't go into this, but I honestly think it's because they don't want to show that anyone has COVID antibodies. They don't want any excuses for not taking the vaccine. And I believe that's why uh, blood, even blood draw organizations have are cooperating with this whole charade, a dangerous, dangerous charade. This is um, this is from um, I don't know the first name, but uh, and a listener, and he said he sent me. This is an article that some I guess I read this, but I must have overlooked it. I'm sure I did not tell you about it. Over three thousand doctors and scientists have signed a declaration accusing COVID policymakers of crimes against humanity. That might be the uh, the Barrington Declaration. I'm not sure, and I, I, I didn't get a chance to click on the link. Uh, but he just wanted to tell me, you know, there are so many doctors pushing back, and I know that that's true. And that's what I said. I wish we could find a parallel uh, uh, medical community that would uh, start serving people in a different way and break themselves free from the establishment right now. Uh, this is from uh, Kathy. She listens in Jacksonville, Florida. She said uh, she went to Push Health Health's website because she needed ivermectin. I filled out the forms uh, just like at a doctor's office. You give your medical history and medications, and uh, they Push Health 
not only located a pharmacy 15 minutes away from my home that would fill ivermectin, but they also located a doctor who would prescribe it. And so uh, she's just telling, then she goes on to say why, why she can't, why she cannot receive the vaccine. So that's the story on that. Um, all right, Adam, you can run the break on this now. Uh, let's, uh, there's so many more stories here and I just can't get them all, all of them, but we have some special guests next because uh, AFA is starting a brand new radio program on a completely different topic, but it, it will affect many of you. In fact, when I was young, it affected me. And so um, I hope that you'll stay tuned and we'll talk just a second on Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. They should face some sort of consequences. At the very least, what you put on there should be true. And if it's not true, then it should be actionable. Major social media outlets are finding ways to block the conservative evangelical viewpoint. The American Family Association will no longer be canceled. Announcing AFA Streaming, our own video streaming platform, which will allow access to all AFA video content. AFA Streaming is coming in November. Learn more at AFA.net. She's just one of the women who did struggle with infertility in the Bible. Introducing Hannah's Heart with Ann Cockrell and Kendra White. Hannah took her pain to God and God heard her and was with her. Hannah's Heart helps couples process infertility and miscarriage through a biblical lens. Join us Saturday afternoon at 5 Central on American Family Radio. Find the podcast at AFR.net. Then Elisha prayed and said, O Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. One morning, Elisha's young servant went out first thing and saw the Syrian army surrounding Elisha's hometown. The servant was racked with fear and cried out to Elisha, What will we do? Elisha said, Don't be afraid. There are more with us than are with them. Then Elisha prayed, Lord, Open this young man's eyes. The servant then saw the mountain full of horses and chariots of fire. As opposition mounts in our lives, fear not. The Lord who is in us and with us is greater than the hostility present in the world. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. A teenage jihadist comes to Christ. Hey, it's Michael Woolworth with Bible League International, and I met young Ahmed when I visited the Middle East. His father died fighting for ISIS, his mother was an extremist, and young Ahmed was going to be a suicide bomber by killing himself and others being sold out to violent Islam. Now, his mother and siblings, they came to Christ, they prayed nonstop for his salvation, and when it came, he was beaten nearly to death by extremists. And when I caught up with him several villages over, I asked, Ahmed, what's your Bible mean to you? And he said, I can look here and see where Jesus says they'll hate you because they hated me and where Jesus says I'm with you always. Now listen, having a Bible it meant everything to him and gave him perspective and his prayer was for believers there who need God's word to endure and persevere. And I said, Ahmed, those Bibles, they're coming. Bible League invites you to send God's word to Bibleist believers around the world in our campaign The World Needs the Word at only $5 a Bible, every gift matched. Call 800-YES-WORD 800-YES-WORD or give it sendbiblesnow.org sendbiblesnow.org org.
This is Frank Afney with the Secure Freedom Minute. Missiles, missiles everywhere. Incredibly, the recent frightening revelation that communist China surprised U.S. intelligence by launching a hypersonic missile designed for sneak nuclear attacks and defeating our missile defenses is now yesterday's news. Today's news is that the PRC's puppet, North Korea, has surprisingly launched from underwater a short-range ballistic missile in the direction of Japan, a significant technical achievement for that otherwise backward country and boost for its principal export product, ominous arms sales. As we are sure to hear in the days ahead about Russian, Iranian, Hezbollah, Pakistani, and other missile threats, the question occurs, are we doing absolutely everything possible to have effective anti-missile defenses? The answer is no. We can and must quickly deploy sensors and weapons in space, utilizing unconventional guidance technologies to meet the present and growing danger. It's time for a Manhattan Project 2.0. This is Frank Afney. Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the morning on Facebook or email Sandy at Sandy at AFR.net. That's Sandy at AFR.net. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. Hey, Sandy Rios back with you. Uh, Well, you know what? All of these things that we talk about don't change like the daily life experiences that you're having. You know, life goes on. You get married. You you have children. Uh, you have to raise a family. You have to, ra- you know, you, all the complications of life are still there, uh, in spite of uh, the world around us kind of going crazy. And uh, so today we're going to get a little personal about uh, one thing. And I, I said I hinted at this, so I guess I should say, in my early life, when I was a young, uh, young married woman, I thought I couldn't have children. I had a, a, some complications, and it was absolutely heartrending. Uh, because I, I wanted children so badly. I used to dream about that when I was a kid, about having kids. I just love children. I still do. And, of course, uh, I was able to have two children, uh, but it took a long time. And um, so, But there are a lot of women who are going through this kind of heartbreak. And uh, because of that, uh, American Family Radio is going to be beginning a, a show, a new show that's going to talk about couples who are facing infertility, and also miscarriage. And two young ladies who are on staff at AFA have joined us this morning. They both have great resumes, besides being uh, wives and moms. Um, and, uh, well, wives. I know about the mom part. Ann Cockrell is a, a J- J- AFA journal staff writer, and uh, she and Kendra White. Kendra is a producer for American Family Studios, and you will remember Kendra's been our guest several times. She is uh, She was a driving force be- behind our movie, In His Image, which is on sexual identity, and so now she's bringing her, her, her great mind and maybe her experience. We're going to ask her about this to this new project. The movie, uh, the movie, the show is called Hannah's Heart. It will premiere this Saturday at five o'clock central on AFR, and it will debut on October the the twenty third. Okay, so uh, Anne and Kendra, thanks for joining us this morning. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having us on. <laughs> All right, so. Uh, okay, we have to go right to the personal because uh, why this topic? Uh, Kendra, I asked you this when it, w- it was in his image, and you told me, you gave me a great answer. Well, why this topic for you on this infertility and. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. actually, working on in his image, um, we talk about how God's plan for marriage is children. Um, and there's a segment of that where, um, actually, at the time, I didn't even know that my husband and I were going to be struggling. I, actually, I ended up getting married during the making of In His Image. Um, but I put in a, a little section that was kind of a disclaimer. 
of saying, you know, in the case of infertility, that does not mean that you're not really married, that infertility is the result of the fall in the world. And I felt led to include that at the time, um, not knowing that that was going to be something that my family was going to struggle with. And honestly, this issue, I had no idea how many couples were affected by this. It's one in eight couples that struggle with infertility, and it's one in four pregnancies that end in miscarriage, like one in four, one in eight. Those are really dreadfully high numbers. And, you know, it's been interesting just after starting to speak out with Hannah's heart. I've had so many friends and people contact me, private message. I'm struggling with this right now. I feel so alone, but you're not alone. I am having it too. And so I think that this is such an isolating topic for couples. Um, And it's really important to have a show that addresses this topic from a biblical perspective, right? Because um, as I'm researching, what are we going to do and fertility treatment options? There's so much medical stuff that is not life affirming. And not every doctor has the belief that life begins at conception. So as believers, we have to get medical degrees sometimes to even process what our options are. And then you've got options of fostering and and um, adoption and those issues that come up. And so our, our goal with this show is to really help believers process all of these emotions, all of these options, um, and to do it in a biblical way. So, Anne, what what what's your part in this, and why why this topic for you? Um, I'm the same as Kendra. I um, love ki- what you were actually saying, introducing us, how much you loved kids when you were a child, and you would dream about those kids and think about them. I did the same way, Sandy. I um, would picture us at Christmas time and all that, and I, my mom just called me a mama when my little sister was born, and she's four years younger than me, so at four years old, my mom was like, you're just a little mama. And so <laughs> that I was... I got that too. Yes, I got that too. <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of part oh, yeah. of my identity growing up, was loving other people's Mm -hmm. children Mm -hmm. and so my husband and I got married right out of college we dated all through high school and um, he's just the best and uh, we um, about two years into it um, found out that um, I had a diagnosis of PCOS that's polycystic ovarian syndrome and then endometriosis and some other things and it kind of came out of nowhere because no one in my family that at least I know of struggled with miscarriages and um, infertility. And so during that time, I worked from home and uh, I loved my job working from home, but I was by myself every day. And, you know, when you're going through this and you don't know of anyone else going through it, it it's pretty lonely. And so, um, yeah, I, during that time, I just longed to have someone to talk to. I didn't. I don't want anyone else struggling with this, I wouldn't wish this on my worst enemy. Um, but uh, I, I found a podcast to listen to, actually, and that's called Joy and Infertility. It's Christian-based, and um, that was just the first time that I felt heard, and I wasn't even talking, you know. <laughs> um, but it put it on—I feel like the Lord used that ministry to put it on my heart to— do that for someone one day. I didn't know what that looked like. I didn't know if that meant a book, if that meant what what that meant. But then I started working at AFA, um, and 
it it just from here I just mentioned it to Walker and Wesley one day kind of just like hey somebody might could do this you know I wasn't actually putting myself in this and um, they're like all right you got it let that sounds good <laughs> so um, from there um, that was about a year and a half ago almost two years ago and um, it that it's just kind of come from that and so yeah. Um, well, yeah. let me just say, I, I don't know if people, we don't have time to flesh all of this out. These are the kinds of discussions that you guys will have right. in a longer venue. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I will say from experience, and uh, I remember thinking every person, every woman in the world has a baby mm-hmm. but me. Mm-hmm. And Facebook mm-hmm. makes that old, worse when you're seeing the post and you're yes, scrolling and yes. they've got pictures yeah. and yeah. pregnancy You've, announcements. But of course, that's that's not true, but you right. do feel that way. Oh, it just yeah. seems so easy for them. It's so easy for them. Why is it so hard for me? And it's heartbreaking. It's a mm-hmm. loss uh, of anticipation. And the Hannah's heart, for those of you that don't know, they're not steeped in scripture. Hannah was a woman uh, in the Old Testament mm-hmm. who longed for children and was infertile, and God finally granted her a child, and she completely dedicated the child to the Lord, even let the child go live in the temple. It's an amazing right. story of self-sacrifice, and I'm sure you guys will get into that, but I want to know now, in the future, going forward, where can people, I know the debut is at 5 o'clock Central this Saturday mm-hmm. on AFR, but then after that, what's going to happen? Where can they find it and when? Yeah, we'll be several places. So you can find us on the podcast page on AFR if you want to listen at your own time. We'll be releasing those one a week every Saturday. Um, We'll also be releasing on YouTube, on Hannah's Heart, as well as on Facebook and Instagram. So we're going to give you lots of ways to connect with us with Hannah's Heart. Okay, that's it sounds great, you guys. And I think this is important. And it'll help you guys both process your situations, too. You know it will. Yes, and we want people that are listening, you can contact us at hannahsheart at afa.net. And we want to pray for you. So if you're listening right right now and that's you, please email us. We want to pray and partner with you. Okay, hannahsheart at afa.net. That's right. Okay, I just want to make sure. (laughs) You got it. (laughs) All right, uh, Ann Cockrell and Kendra White, it's a pleasure even just to have a few minutes with you, and we'll be looking forward to hearing more about Hannah's heart in the future. All right, for the rest of you, I hope you've uh, enjoyed the show. Enjoyed, maybe that's, maybe you enjoyed the last five minutes, maybe not so much the first uh, 45 or 55, but thank you for listening and just uh, um, steadfast, immovable, unshakable in our faith in the Lord Jesus. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.